May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning to all of you. I was curious, are you ready to celebrate the big holiday with me? I'm counting down the days until back to school. <laughs> Just kidding. If you're a parent, you know exactly what that's about. And if you're a teacher, I see you're probably saying, shut your mouth. But... That was just to get us going as we, were, we are in the different flow, the liturgical flow of morning prayer. And this morning, I want to bring before us in the sermon time, it is that time of year. On Thursday is one of our beloved holidays where we will celebrate as a nation our 243rd year of independence. And with that, all week long, when it falls on a weekday, we seem to make the party a little longer. In my neighborhood, the fireworks have already started, and my dog is hiding in fear whenever that happens, and then comes out. And I hear one of the churches in Mandarin will be doing a big fireworks thing tonight, so you may hear around the Mandarin area. And all week long, people are going to just be getting together having whatever day they get off of work, hopefully, and then being with family and friends, fireworks, the parties, all of it, all around the idea of our freedom. This week as Americans, we consider just what freedom means to us in the country in which we live, and we are thankful for it. Well, it is no different with Paul who reminds us right out of the gate here in the letter to the Galatians, he reminds us in the very first line of chapter 5 of that letter to the Galatians, he says, it is for what? Okay, thank you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What Paul is telling the Galatians and telling us today is that there is a type of freedom in which he lived and died and rose again for us all as followers of his. This is the very essence of and purpose of Christian freedom. So as our nation celebrates its freedom, let us this morning turn our attention to Paul and, to, and celebrate what our Christian freedom means to all of us. Now, you, as you've probably picked up, we normally try to structure a sermon where it goes opening illustration, the teaching of the text that we have for the day, and then bring it home with the gospel. Well, this morning, I'm going to give you a little gospel at first, and then consider the rest of what Paul is trying to tell us in Galatians. And then, of course, we will leave off returning to the gospel because it is that prominent that we have our freedom. The very thing we and reason why we have freedom as Christians is because of what Jesus has done for all of us. If I had to put the gospel in a nutshell, it would say we are all sinners, each and every one of us. And because of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, his very grace that meets us in our brokenness, we are therefore transformed but, and we are wiped clean and we are all made holy and righteous by the cross and resurrection of Christ. That is a snapshot of the depth and meaning of the gospel. And it is the very reason why we have freedom. 
But we all probably know freedom comes at a cost, and sometimes we get it confused or tend to slide back into old ways. Rather, you have been a Christian for five minutes, or even if you are considering what it means to be Christian and still uh, figuring that out, or if you have been a Christian for 99 years or even longer, it is easy for us to fall into one of two traps when it comes to the gospel message and living the resurrection life as followers of Jesus Christ. One of those would be that we think it's too easy. We actually think that we need to have a part in the transaction with God. Well, God, you've given me a free gift, but surely I need to do something to earn it. And that would be the first trap, that us feeling that we have to earn the free gift of grace. The second of those would be the polar opposite of what earning it is, and that would be, well, if I am actually forgiven, then I can go do whatever I want, whenever I want, live a lifestyle that may take us down different paths away from God. Have you been in either one of those? I think just last week, I had to remind myself, felt myself getting a little too self-righteous, saying, this free gift of grace, let me go do something to earn it, having to call myself back to just living into the free grace of Christ. And then, of course, we are all tempted by many different things and say, well, I'll just go get absolution on Sunday. Maybe I can do this one thing this week that won't hurt. Have you been? It's, it's a weekly battle. For all of us, it really is. It two traps, but thankful, so thankful, Paul reminds us that we are, Christ died for us, gave us freedom so they, we may live lives, walking in his Holy Spirit, that we all may be free. So that begs the question, what are we actually free from? And it's just like those two traps. The first thing that we are free from is empty religion. How many times on a Sunday morning have you gotten up, maybe earlier service, or you're just tired from the week that has come up, and you find yourselves coming on the riverbank or somewhere else on a Sunday morning, and you're just going through the motions. You can say the Lord's Prayer like that without even thinking or immersing yourself in it, and then you come to get your absolution, and on the outside, you are clean. This morning is a reminder to all of us, as we did not plan this, it just kind of lined up, but as we will not have Eucharist this morning, hopefully that's not news to you this morning as we've been announcing it, but we will not participate in the Holy Sacrament of Communion today as it is morning prayer, which we like to do on the few fifth Sundays of the year. And as you hear that, or as you've been preparing for it, you may feel a little sense of loss. I'm not going to get my communion. I'm not going to do the actions of receiving the the body and blood of Christ. And I I had to check myself this week when I was preparing for the sermon and and the morning prayer liturgy this uh, all week long. I thought I'm going to miss that. A little bit because I love the deepness, all the motions, the the what it's just another way that we recognize the grace of Christ in our lives. As we we probably know the decrement, the very definition of sacrament being the outward invisible sign of the inward and spiritual 
grace. That happens every time we break the bread and take the blood together. But this morning, we consider the one thing that makes the Eucharist a beautiful thing. The grace of Christ. The gospel message of Christ that we are redeemed sinners of his own making, growing into his likeness day after day. So miss the Eucharist a little bit. But today we are thankful and we consider the thing that makes the Eucharist the beautiful meal that it really is. We are free from empty religion, having to go through the motions on the outside just to try to feel a little bit clean on the inside. You see, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside. And we are cleaned from the inside out. And we don't have to do all these scrubbing ourselves clean little ceremonies that don't change our heart. You see, sometimes the things of religion, especially empty religion, says you, you get dirty. You have to get clean. You have to get dirty. You have to get clean and do it all over again. But what we are told and reminded of in our freedom is that Christ was the final sacrifice for us all. And we no longer have to be slaves to empty religion. What else are we free from? We are free from that having to, wait, let's try harder. Outward behavior modification is a big term for it. That, well, if it's that polar spectrum I talked about in the beginning, one, the, one, the traps you fall into apart from empty religion that's what we're talking about, God going on the inside and not doing it out of a spirit of fear. I had to learn in marriage, when we were just married, Ashley and I, that it is no good. It does no good. There are things that in every household you do different tasks or chores or honey I do's. You're probably familiar with that. And if you don't do it, it is... Are you scared of the wrath that will come if you don't do your honey I do's? I see some big nods. But you learn as you grow into marriage, it's not about doing it out of fear. If I don't do those things, then my wife's going to get me or make me sleep on the couch. When you live, when you live, continue to live into a joyful, and when it, that's the foundation of your marriage. All those things have to be done in the division of the labor and all of those things, but not doing it out of fear of not doing it or doing it, but doing it because you love that person and you're going to share it. It's a battle we all will or will learn to go through, but it's the same with our practice of religion. It is not about out of fear that God is going to get us, do, do, do all of these things, but it is about our freedom and living into that freedom, and out of it comes joy, not begrudging submission, oh, I have to do this thing again and again and again, but realizing that you are forgiven. You are wiped clean, and you can live into that grace, into that freedom, and it produces life and vibrancy and joy in your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These are the things that we are freed from, that we no longer have to feel like sinners, 
like failures that we just don't live up. This is the beauty of God's grace in our lives and the freedom through the Holy Spirit in which we get to walk. Because this is the two-part of the law and grace. The law shows us where we fall short, and then grace picks us up and shows us the areas, yes, you are broken here, and you are a sinner here. But while it is showing us and not leaving us to wrestle in that darkness, the light shines. Grace also covers all of those things. Free gift from Christ because of his life, death, and resurrection, we now can walk in the freedom that we are not broken people, but that we are blameless, we are spotless, we are adopted sons and daughters of Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the freedom in which we walk. And our Galatians passage closes off by a little bit of explaining it and expounding on it just a little bit more. We have an almost comprehensive list of the sins of the flesh and then the, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we first look at the sins of the flesh, and I'm not going to go into each one, but I'm going to give you a lens in which to see that almost exhaustive list. And I, I say it's almost exhaust, exhaustive because it ends off with, and things of this nature, or something like that, leaving it wide open to show us where we are broken on the inside and how Christ redeems that. The first little group of the sins or the flesh are all about taking something ultimate and putting it in the place that God has made for it. Putting something above where God is supposed to be in our life. Taking something designed for good and making it evil and twisting it with our broken natures. That is what the first little grouping. The second little grouping in the sins of the flesh is actually about religious practice both of the good that we put in the wrongful place as well as the evil, which leads us to places of darkness. And then the third and final little grouping of the sins of the flesh, it's all about addiction or things that can become addiction in our lives. Three overarching lenses we can look through which separate us not make us feel like we are free in our relationship with Christ, where we go to those two traps of, well, I can just be forgiven and live however I want, or I have to fall back into the, I, got, I did something bad, got to get clean, and re repeating that over and over. All in all, this is about the freedom of not having to be our own gods. Have you ever had the conversation with somebody where they actually admitted to you, oh, I think I'm God? I have never actually had that conversation with somebody. But all too often, our lives make it look like we are trying to be our own gods. And when we set ourselves up for that, we are putting a weight upon our shoulders, perfection that we will never live up to. And it's why we look to these sins of the flesh and these traps. I got to get clean trying to just do it. And it is exhausting when you try to be your own God. You try to answer the big questions on your own just to find no answers. What is the purpose of your life? 
and how often our lives looks, look like in our achievements, in our relationships, and with our children, anything that we can put to, what is, to answer that, what is the purpose of my life? And if you're trying to be your own God, what do you do with the question when loss comes, when suffering happens, and when you have to deal with death? If you don't know the grace of Christ, that becomes a very different question if you are trying to be your own God. Don't you feel the freeing nature of this? You don't have to be your own God. Paul is reminding us this morning. And then he closes off with the beautiful, what it looks like, the fruit of the Spirit. When you realize the grace in your life, what the gospel, how it changes you, not out of fear, but out of love, out of a motivation of love from the inside out, you are able to walk in the ways of the fruit of the Spirit. In a little third grade English lesson to close us off this morning, did you notice it says the fruit of the Spirit? And then it, it, there's a list of them. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit of of the Spirit. And that is to remind us we don't go through that list and say, peace, I'm not doing so good with that one. Joy, I'm doing okay. It's not to look at it through that lens of which ones you were doing well and which ones you are aren't. It's the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, not your own Spirit. They all come together in one package and they are all synonymous with each other. That when you realize what the gospel, how it transforms you, those things just come out of you. As the Holy Spirit lives within, transforms the heart, and purifies it day by day, that is what comes out. The peace, the love, the patience, the kindness, and all the rest of the fruits. This is how we are free. You don't have to run around doing, 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 trying to show God or earn God's favor. And you don't have to. Isn't it interesting that with the sins of the, of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit, the promise of both of them is freedom. But one of them is a mirage, the sins of the flesh. And one of them is complete freedom, not walking in fear, or not walking in pride, but realizing how loved you are. And by the life and death of, of Christ, the freedom that you have and to live into. And then your life becomes life-giving. And you get to go be the change and love on people that live in that freedom, that want to know it more and more. All praise be to the one who made it so for all of us. And as your parties go on this week, and as we celebrate the freedom of America, celebrate as well your freedom in Christ. For it is the true life and heart change that makes this thing great. Amen.